0: Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, HealthLock.com. Go there today.
1: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of
1: Michael
0: Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. The Thread is a new hit podcast from Aussie Media that explores history's surprising
4: connections in order to discover how one thing leads to another, like how John Lennon's murder connects all the way back to communist leader Vladimir Lenin. Get it on iHeartRadio or wherever
3: you listen.
0: All right, Clyde, what a news day this is. Unbelievable news day. I told you the left was going to freak out over the president and his uh, cho- that he has now a second pick, the retirement of Justice Anthony Kennedy. I told you, I told you to buckle up, get ready. They are so predictable. It's not hard to figure this stuff out. I, I actually have been thinking... I've now been studying the left in this country and watching and learning and watching and learning and reporting and learning and watching. I, it, it, they just don't have any other playbook. And it's the same thing with the election. What do you think the separation of children issue was all about? Is it really their great care, concern, love was all about the children? No, I think liberals care about children. But the pile on was political because their silence was deafening. Because it was happening when Obama was president. The irony is, brought to President Trump's attention, he actually fixed it. Now, it's a short-term fix. It's an executive order. That's not how things are supposed to get done. I played 22 times Barack Obama himself saying that he doesn't have the authority, that he's not an emperor, and that he cannot, through executive fiat, by use of a pen— Change the laws that Congress has passed and that his obligation is to enforce the laws, even if, in his opinion, that's causing great harm. And Obama did nothing. He didn't lift a finger. But Donald Trump put the short term fix in. He did it. But he also knows, I'm sure his counsel has told him that that's not going to last very long because it's the obligation of the legislative branch of government to pass the laws and for presidents to sign things into law. Now, the president has been offering a deal on immigration. It's not going to happen with this watered-down amnesty bill that they, they tried to push through yesterday. I knew it wasn't going to pass. I wasn't going to waste your time with a lot of it. But the the real bill the real, that the president, he pointed out, four big principles, he wants the funding for the wall up front. To me, that's the biggest, most important item. Any promise to of future monies for the wall, are never coming. They'll never give it up. You've got to get it up front. It's like you always get the tax increase immediately, but you never get the spending cuts that are promised. That always is down the line and never comes to fruition. Similarly, historically, you're always going to get the concession, the amnesty, the DACA kids, the separation of families, issue completely solved legally and you're never going to get the money from the for the wall you'll get what will we'll give you 1.7 billion to start the wall the president's already building the wall there right now is construction of a wall on our southern border but they don't have the monies to go and build the entire i guess they probably need close to a thousand miles of fence it's a lot of you don't have to do everything if you include drones and some of the more open areas but i'm talking about the heavy heavily trafficked areas you hire enough security guards you put in the right technology nobody will be able to cross that that border ever if you do it the right way and so that money has to come up front of course you have to end the visa lottery you know the way chain migration is if one kid gets in i mean there were reports that that kids are with people that are not their parents a lot of these reports we brought them to you and in those cases, well, if the kids get in and the kids get to stay, then they get to bring not just mom and dad, then they get to bring grandma and grandpa, and then they get to bring their aunts, their uncles, and, and that's what chain migration is. And what the president is saying is we need a merit-based system. For example, a visa lottery program, we don't know the person that gets the lucky visa number. That per- is that person a good person? Does that person want to come here for hope? An opportunity and be a part of our family and and loves America and wants just opportunity to have a better life there are plenty of those people but there are also other people that are up to nefarious and no good deeds and we've seen instances where people commit horrific crimes and they were visa lottery winners and then of course people that overstay their visas and uh, you know this there's, there's just a lot that we would need in, in all of this to get this done but the president anyway. Um, let me go to these explosive hearings. Uh, I'm going to spend a lot of time on this. And we're going to spend more time, too, on the the demonization, if you will, and the freak out and the predictable panic of the Democrats. It's, it's all the same. Let me tell you what the Democratic Party wants to do between now and Election Day. It's simple. They're going to smear, slander, besmirch, use character assassination, And try to portray every Republican as racist, sexist, misogynistic, as xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic. They're going to say Republicans want dirty air and water. They want to kill children and they want to throw granny over the cliff. That's what they're going to say. That's all they ever say. Do they have a real strong agenda that is inspiring, that will make America a better place for our kids and grandkids. They have no such agenda. Right now, their agenda is is now, it was four items, and I've now added a fifth. Agenda item number one is they want to impeach the president. There's no reason to impeach him. There's no high crimes or misdemeanors to impeach him on, but that doesn't mean a thing. And the interesting thing about Democrats is they don't want to even tell you the truth about what their real agenda is. But they want to impeach the president. Some of them say it, Impeach 45, impeach 45, impeach 45. And then they're told by the leadership, don't say it. We, we agree, but don't say it. You're giving away our big secret. Of course we're going to impeach the president, but don't say it. So they're, the, the, fundamentally, they're just a bunch of liars, and it's sort of a lie by omission. It's obvious they want open borders. They do not want a wall. And all they want to do is keep the borders open, Democrats believe and Democrats think that, you know, that is a voting constituency that that they're going to win over by having open borders. But by the way, it's not good for the country. We need to be able to protect our borders. I've been to the security briefing down in Texas. I've been there 12 times from the Rio Grande to San Diego. Helicopter, boat, all terrain vehicles, uh, horseback, walking. I've done it all. I've seen tunnels. I've seen drug warehouses. I've seen gang members arrested. I've got it all on tape. So they want open borders. They want to impeach the president. And we know that Nancy Pelosi is actually saying she wants to take back the tax cuts. She wants her crumbs back. She referred to them as crumbs. Now, it turns out to be about $2,000 a family. We see that all these companies, because of the tax cuts and because of the burdensome regulation being literally ripped apart daily by by Donald Trump. Well, she wants the crumbs back. So they want to impeach. They want open borders. They want Obamacare. They want the crumbs back. And the last item is they don't want the president to fulfill his constitutional duty and appoint the next Supreme Court justice with the vacancy of Anthony Kennedy and whoever that person ends up being is going to be smeared, slandered, besmirched, the character assassination will begin, the borking of such a person will begin. And that that is the playbook. Do they talk about anything that is going to help forgotten men and women in America? They have no agenda. There's nothing. And that's what makes, for example, this election, you know, the loss of Joe Crowley and the victory of... This woman, Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez, by the way, she recently was a bartender, which, you know what, I did that for a living. I actually respect it. It's a hard job, harder than people would think, and especially if you want to be good at it. She has the most radical left-wing views. There was a New York Post, Stephen L. Miller um, editorial today, uh, op-ed today, radicals rule Bernie's left-wing disciples take over the Democratic Party. Comrade de Blasio, he picked Bernie Sanders to swear him in for a second term. A sign, much like groundhogs, signaling six more weeks of winter that the heart of the Democratic Party was changing, even if Bernie himself refuses to acknowledge that he belongs to it. And then you've got this big, it was a political earthquake here in New York. Joe Crowley was the guy that Democrats were looking to in the House to maybe be the next speaker instead of Nancy Pelosi. Now, they've all tried to blow this whole thing off. Governor Cuomo of New York, you know, denied that, that Cortez's uh, w- victory here had any bearing. He's going up against, you know, that actress from Sex and the City, Cynthia Nixon. She's running for the governor of New York. I mean, it's crazy. And he was asked, well, I think this is apples and oranges. I think what you saw in the Crowley race, this was a minority community, largely in this district, that is afraid, that is angry. And Miss. Ocasio-Cortez, is that how you say Ocasio-Cortez? I think so. Did a very good job of connecting with the city council speaker in New York, Corey Johnson, saying that he attributed it to a very low turnout, then backtracked, saying, well, I didn't mean it in any way to downplay her victory or the amazing grassroots-driven momentum of her campaign. Nancy Pelosi said that they made a choice in one district— Let's not get yourself carried away as an expert on demographics and the rest of that. It's not to be viewed as something that stands for anything else. Well, she actually stood up for herself and said, yeah, it does, actually. Yeah, it really does. And this is your Democratic Party. This is the party of Maxine Waters, obviously. By the way, we're getting some breaking news that there was a shooting at the what's called Capital Gazette newspaper in Annapolis, Maryland. The Baltimore Sun is now reporting. Uh, We have multiple deaths also being reported, and the sheriff is saying the multiple fatalities in a newsroom shooting. Oh, good grief. So scary. The suspect, though, has been apprehended, according to the sheriff, and um, we'll continue to follow that story. Uh It's so sad that there are so many sick, demented, and evil people in this world. It really is sad. You know, imagine you go to work and this is what you're dealing with today. Some crazy person comes in. And I'm not turning this into a gun debate. I know that's where the media will be in 30 seconds from now. That's not it. You know, as I've always said, I mean, honestly, I've been saying now for days that something horrible is going to happen because of the rhetoric Really, Maxine, you want people to create, call your friends, get in their faces, and and Obama said that too, get in their faces, call them out, call your friends, you know, get protesters, follow them into restaurants and shopping malls and wherever else she said. There's somebody being airlifted out now as we actually speak. Thank God for those helicopters, the airlift helicopter guys. I I met a guy in the lobby the other day at Fox, and I saw that he had, uh, you know, he had He was dressed as a paramedic and it said, this is what he did. I forgot the actual phrase for it. And I said, like, you take organs and you do this. And he goes, they do, it's airlift. That's what it was. They do airlift rescue all the time. You know, my buddy, Neil Bortz, he's like a plane enthusiast. He's a plane nut. He always asked me to go up in his planes. I'm like, I'm not getting in that stupid little tiny plane of yours with you driving it. He said, are you out of your, and he's actually semi, he's actually a very good pilot. He really is. And I, I give him a lot of crap. I'm not letting him fly me in that little itsy-bitsy little thing. And then he's got a loop de loop plane that he wants me to go on. Because he wants to see if he can make me puke. And I'll have, like, a hidden camera in there, Hannity puking on Bortz's plane. But in all seriousness, these guys, you know, we got another helicopter now dropping down to hopefully save somebody's life. Thank God we can do this for people. And those people are amazing. I mean, Neil Bortz, by the way, does this. He, he, he'll fly, you know, body parts. All right, well, NBC is now reporting four fatalities. Apparently, the suspect is in custody. This is at the Capital Gazette newspaper in Annapolis. All right, there's been a uh, shooting. Capital Gazette newspaper, it's in uh, Annapolis. The sheriff there has said there's been multiple fatalities, uh, but the suspect apparently has been apprehended. We have no context as to why this has happened. Also, a report that a shotgun was, in fact, used in this particular shooting. And uh, we're also learning that the Baltimore Sun is now taking safety measures uh, in regards to what's going on there. But what we know is the shooting took place at the Capital Gazette newspaper in Annapolis, Maryland. It was a paper that is owned by the Baltimore Sun. The AP is, they're saying multiple people are confirmed shot. The sheriff is confirming that there have been multiple fatalities. And we now believe uh, this just, crossing the wires the daily mail saying four dead 20 injured we'll update you as more information becomes available um we don't know the reason why you never really know except that we know that there's absolute pathetic evil in the world and and horrible horrible people that have no respect for human life at all um i'm gonna set this up and in the next half hour we're gonna start playing this for you uh i'm gonna give you the list Rosenstein complaining today that I'm not hiding anything. Uh, I've been told by a really good source, Rod Rosenstein, apparently is talking about me and doesn't like me. And uh, was complaining fairly bitterly about me. Now, I don't know if that fits into the same thing he was asked today if he had threatened some of the staffers. I talked to one of the, one of the ones that he did get angry, at, and you could see flashes of his temper today on display. And Rod Rosenstein did, according to my source, Greg Jarrett's sources, Sarah Carter's sources, that he lost it and said, well, I'm going to subpoena your emails, and then he joked about it. To, oh, I can't subpoena emails. Like, well, That's not the point of any of it. Anyway, so he was there today. Uh, the House has passed a resolution to force Rod Rosenstein and the DOJ to hand over all documents. I think the president's probably at some point going to have to step in. Gowdy tells Rosenstein, finish the hell up. And we see that uh, apparently Peter Strzok was kind of muzzled by FBI attorneys yesterday. We got some key information on that and uh, all the other details and some of this incredible audio uh, that we're going to get to. And uh, we have the latest in the meltdown over the Supreme Court now, selection and opening of the president. Uh, Everything I predicted about Borking and Clarence Thomas uh, like attacks, they're all coming. Buckle up. And it's an election year. All right, we have more details. Um, not good, actually, on this uh, shooting that has taken place. Glad you're with us. 25 now till the top of the hour. If you're just joining us, there has been a shooting reported uh, at the what's known as the Capital Gazette newspaper. It's in Annapolis, Maryland. It's it's one of the smaller papers that's owned by the Baltimore Sun. Uh, we now can confirm that multiple people have been shot. Maybe as many as 20, according to the Daily Mail. There have been multiple fatalities, we believe, four dead as of now. Uh, apparently, a newspaper intern tweeted out, please help us. And Fox is reporting that authorities believe that they have the one and only suspect. But as we speak, they're checking and they're being extraordinarily cautious uh, as it relates to the potential of other shooters and, and maybe even potential bombs. So they're not giving the all clear yet. They have no reason to believe that. It's just out of an abundance of caution and police going through their their checklist doing what they do to get everybody out of the building a scene sadly that is all too familiar in this case it's not students but it's people that work at the newspaper coming out with their hands up dropping their backpacks or dropping their briefcases and and moving to the the areas that the police are telling them to go to. Um I know that probably the tendency of the left is to go out there and blame, 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 and here comes again another firearm discussion we you have one report that a shotgun was used in this case. It seems like every shooting there's another different type of style or weapon that has been used, you know, or it's the case of where people make these these bombs up. I think their intentions are what and their hatred and whatever sick political agenda some of them may have or no agenda just pure hatred or ideology uh, that drives people to do horrible things to innocent people. It's just uh, always sad to see all of this. Um, in an unrelated story, we do have uh, uh, literally a mob, NBC News reporting, nine people arrested uh, this morning after federal officers in riot gear got moved into uh, moved in to clear the entrance of the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Service, one of their holding facilities in southwest Portland. The ICE facility had been closed since Wednesday after the protest group calling themselves Occupy ICE PDX set up camp. Their goal was to shut down the Immigration Enforcement Agency and at approximately 5 30 a.m. today federal law enforcement officers initiated a law enforcement action to reopen the federal facility and Federal Protective Services spokesman Robert Sperling said in a prepared statement quote You know, officers cleared the entrances to the building and arrested eight people who were taken to the federal courthouse in downtown Portland. The ninth was taken into custody later in the morning. Activists said that they were representing the National Lawyers Guild. Uh, There has been, when it comes to crazy, there has been a lot of crazy lately. You know, you, you think of, you know, just go back and think of Sarah Sanders goes to a restaurant with her family and not only is asked to leave, but then they ask, then they, the owner follows the family. Sarah and her husband and children went home. They were just probably rightly disgusted. And then the owner that read whatever restaurant goes the Red Hen, the Red Hen restaurant. Sure, they're doing a booming business. They could just throw people out that have good money. Never understood that for anybody. If I'm in business... I'm there to serve you. I'm not there to ask you what your politics are. If I'm in business, I want to give you the best service I possibly can. If I'm in business, I assume your money's green, regardless of whatever your political point of view has to be, happens to be. This just breaking, by the way, President Trump was briefed on the shooting incident at the Capitol Gazette newspaper in their offices in Maryland. He offered his thoughts, his prayers for the victims, and the POTUS now is on his way back To Washington D.C. after stops in North Dakota last night in Fargo, and then stopping earlier today in Wisconsin, so he's on his way back to the White House. We'll see if the president uh, talks later today uh, about this. But and then you think of Maxine Waters rhetoric and Cory Booker's rhetoric, and then you think of not just Sarah Sanders, but look at what they did to Pam Bondi the other night. Pam Bondi on the show—they literally big guys surrounding her. She's with her boyfriend. They're calling her the A, B, C, D, E, F, P words and everything in between. And they're taunting him. Are you gonna let her let us call her a boo? Are you gonna let us call her a boo? You're not gonna do anything, tough guy? Blue eyes? I guess he has blue eyes. And for his sake, you know, imagine the position you're in. Your blood's boiling. They're provoking a fight. I think anybody's natural instinct is to wanna Stand up for yourself. But if Pam Bondi's boyfriend does just that, then he's the one that gets in trouble. So you got Sarah Sanders. You got Pam Bondi. You got Secretary Nielsen. And Secretary Nielsen is, she's run out of a restaurant. And then her, they're protesting outside her her home. And they're outside of Stephen Miller's home. Well, it mostly seems women and children. And you got psychos like Peter Fonda saying, oh, let's put the 12 year old son of Melania and President Trump in a cage at, with a bunch of pedophiles and basically talks about raping Secretary Nielsen. Sick, twisted, ugly times. And then you got the encouragement factor. And, you know, let's 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 listen to Maxine Waters and, and what she has to say. Unbelievable. Listen to this. You got that? Maxine Waters is telling people, go confront him in restaurants. Let's confront him in malls. Let's confront him in department stores. Let's go after everybody here. And then Cory Booker, wants to be president, he's saying the same thing. And I'm, I'm here now. You ain't seen
5: nothing yet. <laughs> Already, you have members of your cabinet been booed out of restaurants, who have protesters taking up at their house, who sang, no peace, no sleep, no peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle because while you try and quote the Bible, Jeff Sessions and others, you really don't know the Bible. God is on our side on the side of the children, on the side of what's right, on the side of what's honorable, on the side of understanding that if we can't protect the children, we can't protect anybody. And so, let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore.
6: I saw an administrative, administrator uh, in a uh, uh, out and about Uh, There's nothing wrong with with confronting that person. Uh, But not to lead with love and to do it in a way uh, that is more reflective of the values that we are trying to reject in our country is unacceptable to me.
0: God is on our side. Show up wherever you see them. Member of the cabinet, you know, get a group of people together and then confront them. Get a crowd. Confront them at a department store, restaurant, at a gas station. You're not welcome anymore, the Democratic Party of today. Well, it's happening. Now, I don't think in any way, shape, matter, or form. I don't want any liberal taking my words out of context. This is very separate, very apart from what we don't know any of the details, except that we now know that multiple people were injured we think as many as 20 and we have about we believe four fatalities in this newsroom should just separate and apart very separate very apart we don't know what's what's behind that but we do know this what Maxine Waters is advocating for is extraordinarily dangerous if you're going to do what now has happened to Secretary Nielsen and Attorney General Pam Bondi of Florida and Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and you're going to say these things about the president and about his wife and about his daughter and about his granddaughter and about his son, we've got a big problem in this country. And separate and apart, again, from what other news we're covering today, somebody is going to get hurt or worse as a result of this insanity because why you disagree and it's all happening this is that it's not happening in a vacuum the left has not recovered from Donald Trump's victory that's when they had the women's march that's when Madonna said I thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House that's when Ashley Judd went and lost her mind and then it kind of calmed down because they're all excited and they kind of believe for a long time that Robert Mueller was going to get rid of the president for them. And then the uh, other issue is Donald Trump, they didn't expect this type of success. After eight years of Obama and his economic statistics, that's why they have nothing to run on. That's why Democrats are running on a very simple platform with no vision. Impeach Trump. Keep open borders. Keep Obamacare. Of course, they want their crumbs back. And don't let anybody that Donald Trump appoints become a Supreme Court justice. Five things now that they're banking on. Nothing that would help the American people. And they're going to lie, distort, propagandize, misinform, make stuff up like they always do. Racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic. They want dirty air, water, kill children, and kill grandma. Tell me where I'm wrong. And they're going to bork whoever gets chosen. They'll try to bork that candidate. All right, back to the other story today. Rod Rosenstein complaining, I'm not hiding anything. Let me play one cut, the shorter cut of Jim Jordan from uh, today. And this is Jim Jordan just grilling Rod Rosenstein and FBI Director Ray, uh, and on a whole variety of issues, including uh, I'm not hiding anything. I got a whole list here of things he's hidden. Mr.
4: Gowdy talked about how long this investigation is going on, how long there's been a special counsel. We started asking for information in July of last year. And some of that is still not given, still has not been given to the Congress, still not has been given to this committee, the committee charged with defending the, the Judiciary Committee. So I appreciate what you do. I just want the information. And we're so frustrated that there is now a resolution on the floor of the House in just a few minutes that will be voted on. Yeah, Time Mr. of the gentleman Jordan, has
0: expired. Uh, Mr. Rosenstein will oh, be allowed to respond.
7: I don't have any control over what resolutions you vote on, sir. And I Mr. know you're you do to do that. If you're interested in the truth, Mr. Jordan, the truth is we have a team of folks. They're Trump appointees and career folks and they're doing their best to produce these documents. Director, I explained to you the process. He's got hundreds of people working around the clock trying to satisfy these requests. So whether you vote or not is not going to affect it. You're going to get everything that's relevant that we can find and produce to you. I I support this report, sir. I'm not trying to hide anything from you.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm not trying to hide anything. Okay, well, I have a list of things. Peter Strzok's smoking gun. Yeah, the one that says we'll stop him. No, he hid that. Yeah, why didn't they release that bombshell? You know, we'll stop them. We'll stop Trump. Or Rod Rosenstein's DOJ withheld the fact that Strzok was a personal friend of uh, Judge uh, uh, Contreras. Remember? In the Michael Flynn case. He's the judge that presided over the Michael Flynn case. Federalists reported three months ago Strzok and Page had texted about their friendship with Rudolph Contreras. Those texts were deliberately hidden from Congress. And those messages... Page and Strzok discussed uh, Strzok's personal friendship with this guy and how to leverage that friendship in an ongoing counterintelligence matter. And then the DOJ initially refusing to release the Nunez memo. Remember? And uh, saying it would compromise sources and methods and damage national security and jeopardize the lives of U.S. intelligence interests. And then when the uh, White House finally pressured the DOJ to authorize the release, none of those excuses were true. The Nunes memo, which the DOJ was so desperate to conceal, begging Paul Ryan not to release it, revealed the completely unverified Steele dossier was the bulk of information, unverified, uncorroborated, presented in the FISA application, the original application and subsequent applications. And the DOJ never told the court the dossier was bought and paid for by Hillary Clinton. Most important part of the FBI's argument before the FISA court. Then they, for example, they tried to hide from Congress the fact that the two most important investigators on both the Hillary, well, fix being in and the the destroy Trump Russia probe were vehemently anti-Trump. Mueller quietly shoves Page and struck out the door, and apparently he never even read the text messages. And they had already spent months on Mueller's team. The lead people, House investigators, started demanding explanations: Why were they cut loose? The answers are vague, but suggesting they left for personal reasons. That was a lie. And finally, in December 2017, five months after Strzok and Page were shown the door, the inspector general, not the Mueller investigation, not Mueller's bo- boss, Rod Rosenstein, they released the first batch of explosive text between the two lovebirds. And Rosenstein, who told the House today that he'd never try to hide anything from Congress, stonewall Congress on everything, the most explosive evidence in the entire Biggest abuse of power in our history scandal. Now there's a resolution passed in Congress today to force Rosenstein to hand over these documents or he's going to get impeached. Gowdy's screaming, finish the hell up today. Then we find out the FBI muzzled Strzok yesterday during the Key House uh, testimony because the FBI counsel in the room instructed Strzok not to answer many questions. What's the point of that? Whole thing has been a big cover up. And he's smug and just, and you saw his arrogance on display, and we'll play the exchange later with uh, Jim Jordan. All right, well, following this story, we don't have any updates, multiple fatalities, maybe as many as 20 injured in uh, Annapolis, Maryland. Thoughts and prayers go out to everybody. All right, glad you're with us. Hour two of the Sean Hannity Show. Write down our toll-free telephone number. It's 800-941-SEAN. Uh, If you want to be a part of the program, we're doing a little bit of a it's frustrating because there's so much news changing gears a little bit. I really wanted to get into. uh, And we had booked for the uh, whole hour here. There were explosive hearings on Capitol Hill today with Rod Rosenstein and the FBI director, uh, Ray. And I mean, people like Jim Jordan and Matt Gates and Ron DeSantis were absolutely positively amazing. Um, we'll get to that. We moved Sarah and Greg to the next, uh, hour. So we will get to that today, but we have some other breaking news before I get to that news. Uh, I don't go out on the road very much anymore because, you know, my, my life is such that I can't it being fourth of July week. Next week, I was planning to take off, but as, uh, as one of the things I wanted to do is I really want to get out because nobody's telling stories that we're telling on this, program every day and i have three appearances that i'm going to be making next week one is in fort myers it's all up on my website hannity.com it's monday at 10 a.m it's going to be at the sanibel harbor marriott you just you have to register or you're not going to get in you have to rsvp um i will be appearing with congressman and by the way gubernatorial candidate ron DeSantis santis there's a big debate tonight in florida about that and uh yes i've endorsed him to be the next governor I th- the president has as well uh, but that's not what this is all about and uh, Matt Gates will also be there also a Florida congressman both of them Freedom Caucus members and I'm so appreciative of what those guys have done to help us get to the truth and really the people that I trust the most in Washington, you know it starts with Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan and then you've got guys like Ron DeSantis and Matt Gates that are phenomenal uh, so anyway, that town hall, is, it's going to be open. We're going to talk about everything. And it's going to be myself, Ron DeSantis, and, and Matt Gates, those two congressmen. Then we're all going to go to Tampa, Florida. And at 2 o'clock, we're going to be at the Marriott Waterside in Tampa. By the way, a beautiful place. And then we have an evening. We're doing a morning with Hannity at 10 o'clock. That's Sanibel Harbor Marriott. Then we have an afternoon event. Again, the three of us, Congressman DeSantis, Congressman Gates, and me. It's in Tampa at the Marriott Waterside in Tampa. And then we have an evening with Hannity, Congressman DeSantis, Congressman Gates. And that is going to be in Pensacola, Florida, at the New World Landing event space. All of the information is on Hannity.com. This is not about raising money. We're not even charging. It's absolutely free. But you have to register. And uh, we look forward, for many of you, if you can come out. Um, all right, we have the latest on the shooting here. Let's.
6: We don't expect this, uh, even though it's very early on, to be a, a very uh, – or have major casualties, or, or, or several hundred casualties. So, uh, But we, we do have injuries. I can confirm that. Uh, I'll get you as much information as possible. I just don't want to give you guys inaccurate information at this point. So that's the only reason that I can't provide more. So. Yeah so once the uh, once the building is secure we'll give more information whether the suspect is in fact in custody. That building is secure and we'll make sure we give everybody a quick briefing on the extent of the injuries and how many injuries. At this point one of the main messages that we want to get out to the public is one, avoid the area. Okay we have a lot of police officers here from our jurisdiction we're very thankful for other jurisdictions. Annapolis City Police Department, Maryland State Police, Howard County, federal agencies everyone has came here to make sure that we get as many people safe as quickly as possible, so we're asking family and friends to uh, meet at the Annapolis Mall if you need to meet up with a friend or a loved one that was inside that building. Our reunification center has been set up inside the Lord & Taylor inside Annapolis Mall. So we're asking everyone to respond to Lord & Taylor. We have officers there that will assist you with meeting up with friends and family. So that's the biggest message we want to put out right now. Uh, we're doing our very best to get the building secure and uh, we should have information for you very shortly. And as soon is that building secure? We'll be able to provide more information. We appreciate everybody's patience and uh, doing everything that we can to get everybody out safe. Thank you. Ryan.
1: Lieutenant, Thank can you tell you. us, uh, okay. um, can you tell us... That's if,
0: Lieutenant uh, Ryan Frazier. Alone that's,
1: what, that's
6: what Ryan uh, uh, to say. you understand Lieutenant about Ryan this? Frazier. Yeah, unfortunately at this point, I don't have any information on the suspect. Uh, at this point, we believe that it is one suspect. Uh, but again, that's one of the many things that we have to go through in our checklist to make sure that that building's secure. We need to make sure that there is just one suspect. We need to make sure that there's no other people that are suspects or that help this individual. And we need to make sure that there's no type of, uh, of bombs or anything inside that building. So all those things we have to think about to make sure that people are safe inside that building. So again, our number one priority is getting people from that building outside safely and reuniting them with their families. Once that building's secure, we can provide more information and the investigation will begin and we'll be able to get a lot more details. you said you have i can't confirm exactly how many injuries uh, I, I do know that we do have injuries uh, that was first called in so uh, again we don't anticipate this being some type of a, of a mass major casualty with hundreds of injuries uh, but we do have injuries and so while uh, we're doing our very best to make sure that those people receive care that need care and uh, you know we're doing our very best to make sure everybody else is evacuated out of there so we're right now we're prioritizing. in there plus uh, one of the doctor's offices or what? Yeah, I, I can't outside. confirm an exact location inside that building, but I can tell you it was inside 888 Bessgate Road, which does in, in, it house several different types of businesses. So uh, I hope to have more information on that very soon. Again, uh, I just want to make sure that all the information that we pass along is accurate uh, since it involves uh, such a serious incident. So we want to make sure that that information is accurate that gets out there to the public. Thank you, everybody. Lieutenant Frazier's released everything that he can right now. We'll give you an update as soon yes. as we can. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. All right, we
0: got. A- all right, that's Lieutenant Ryan Frazier. Um, it's so sad. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna continue to update this all throughout the day here. What we have is a shooting now reported at the Capital Gazette newspaper in Annapolis, Maryland. It's it's one of the subsidiaries, or it's owned by the Baltimore Sun. As you heard, Lieutenant Ryan Frazier now confirming multiple fatalities in this particular case, and multiple people have been uh, injured. The Daily Mail reporting as many as 20 injured and four dead. And what we're told is the first sign of this is a newspaper intern tweeting, please help us. And uh, then authorities, of course, believe that they have the one and only suspect. As you just heard, though, Lieutenant Frazier, you know, rightly pointing out they have a checklist that they've got to go through. They've got to make sure that there's no bombs in that building. They've got to follow that checklist to the to the letter. Uh, They believe they have the one and only suspect, but they also want to make sure that nobody was assisting the shooter in this particular case. And no other people were involved in all of this. And they have a right order that they are now going through before we can get any more information, and that is to get people to safety and fully and completely scour that entire building and going through the checklist, getting everybody out and getting everybody to safety and getting everybody they can reunited with their families Fox 5 in Atlanta is saying that uh, that federal law enforcement is saying it's still active and ongoing, which seems to be conflicted by what Lieutenant Ryan Frazier just said just seconds ago. Uh, We have one person definitely in custody that is believed to be the shooter. Apparently, the shooter shot through a glass door. There was an earlier report today, not confirmed, and and we're not rushing to be first here. We're rushing just to pass on information uh, due to possible change that uh, it was a shotgun that was used in this particular incident. The Baltimore Sun is pointing out that agents with the ATF are also on the scene in Annapolis, providing support to all the local law enforcement guys, and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms can help tracing weapons, conducting interviews, and, and all sorts of other assistance. Um, now, we have another story that is just breaking. We don't have a lot of details on it, but we'll, we'll give it to you. The New York Police Department... They've confirmed to Fox News that they are taking precautionary measures and have mobilized personnel to all major news outlets in their jurisdiction after this newsroom shooting in Maryland. Uh, If you remember, one of the tactics we always have learned, for example, go back to 9-11 in the case of radical Islamists or terrorists, they usually plan multiple attacks in different areas on the same day and they spread them out. So everybody should really be on high alert all across the country today. And our prayers are with everybody in that newsroom. Uh, And while it's not connected in any way, I'm not suggesting it's connected in any way. The incendiary rhetoric that we have been hearing and the calls to confront people in restaurants and at gas stations and department stores and the incidents that we have seen with Sarah Sanders and Secretary Nielsen and pam Bondi, and of course the tweets threatening the president's son and and threatening secretary nielsen and even the granddaughter of the president things are getting way way too hot and out of control again separate and apart from what happened here and it's a little scary and the idea that you have elected officials telling people So basically, get your friends and confront them and confront them and confront them. Well, what are you supposed to do when somebody gets in your grill and in your face? Look at the Pam Bondi situation. Her boyfriend is with her. Hey, blue eyes, you're going to let us call your girlfriend a bleep, 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 bleep? Because she's a bleep, bleep, bleep. What guy isn't going to want to step in and shut their jaw shut? Um, It's a natural feeling. And it's But if, if the boyfriend of Pam Bondi took the bait, he's going to be the one that gets in trouble. Dan Bongino is with us, former Secret Service agent, NRA-TV contributor, host of the Dan Bongino Show. Jonathan Gillum, author of the best-selling book, Sheep No More. Um, I think both of you would agree. I mean, I don't know how Pam Bondi's boyfriend did it. He absolutely did the right thing. But at some point, doesn't it become you know when somebody gets in your face like that tries to provoke you that way that that in and of itself legally is simple battery dan go ahead
8: yeah well yeah i mean sean listen this uh this has been going on for a long time and what really bothers me about it is once you dial it up to that point reason goes out the window Uh, i mean you know what i'm talking about whatever you're involved in like uh whether it's a boxing or any kind of martial arts training, you know, you lose, you kind of lose reason after a while. When people start dialing stuff up, and you get to this, you know, in your face and screaming, and then it turns into pushing, and then pushing turns into, you know, God forbid, something else later on. This is why I've been on, uh, you know, on my show and other shows lately, saying we, everybody has to really cool down the temperature on this stuff. Uh, I mean, this is, we're all walking off a cliff here together. There's no positive end to this at all. And I really wish uh, you know they'd understand that these words have meanings. When you have political leaders out there on bullhorns, you know, in a blind rage and stuff, and just you know, screaming for people to be harassed on on cable news, or you go out and harass them and confront them, you know, I, I don't think there's nothing good that can come out of the show,
0: Nothing. That's a scary start. And, and again, I want to be very, very clear here. I'm not I'm not equating or comparing. I'm only pointing out. That I have been saying that there's going, somebody's going to get hurt or worse here, Jonathan, and it's getting, the rhetoric is over the top. It's now way out of control.
9: I totally agree with you. And, and, you know, Dan, the reason I want you to go first, I wanted to see how you would, uh, what you would say. And I agree with you hundred percent because, you know, you, you've been in the business where your job was to protect other people and to protect them from, you know, not just somebody who was uh, out to kill them, but somebody who's out to hurt them. And uh, it was the president of the United States that you were protecting, We've both been in law enforcement. And one thing I, I got to tell you, one thing that bothers me, um, I,
0: we are the best
9: at responding to incidents. like. you're seeing right now uh, in maryland we we respond quickly
0: let me tell you these guys i've been watching it all day i'm i i this is why i have gone and and dan you have done the same thing i'm going out of my way every day to say this is not rank and file fbi when i'm talking about You know, McCabe and Comey and Strzok and Page and these other people because and I even have said and predicted they're going to be the heroes here because look at what these guys deal with every day. They risk their lives. They put their asses on the line for us every day. They're amazing. All right. Well, we also now have discovered to be just joining a shooting reported at the Capitol Gazette newspaper. And we have multiple fatalities, multiple injured here. The suspect did use a shotgun. It's been now confirmed uh, and apparently shot through glass into the newsroom as many as 20 people now we believe may have been injured the police we heard from lieutenant ryan frazier uh rightly so they believe they do have the one and only suspect but they're checking for bombs obviously clearing the building and making sure that there are no potential accomplices or or anybody that might have been involved or helped this individual that they do have in custody in any way shape manner or form uh, and that means for the police, they can't give the all clear because they have to be thorough. They have to go through their checklist and get everybody out of the building and then, of course, do a complete search. Other law enforcement is on the scene. FBI is on the scene. Uh, we have ATF on the scene in Annapolis. They're providing all the support they can to local law enforcement. ATF obviously involved in tracing weapons, conducting interviews, other assistance. And it's kind of an all hands on deck moment. Uh, newsrooms in New York are on high alert, according to the NYPD. They have called in all off-duty personnel to literally go to major news outlets. We'll continue to follow this story, Dan Bongino and Jonathan Gillum, when we come back. All right, 25 now until the uh, top of the hour. Uh, Sarah Carter and Greg Jarrett will join us in the next hour as we uh, continue. Big explosive hearings on Capitol Hill today, Rod Rosenstein and the FBI Director, Ray uh, Jim Jordan, uh, DeSantis, and Gates just grilling Rod Rosenstein. I p- picked up a number of inconsistencies as it relates to Rod Rosenstein's uh, comments today. I just will get into all of that. If you're just joining us, there's been a shooting. We have multiple injuries and fatalities at what is called the, uh, the Capital Gazette. It's in Annapolis, Maryland. It's owned by the Baltimore Sun. Uh, The Daily Mail reporting four dead and 20 injured. The fatalities have been confirmed by Lieutenant Ryan Frazier. We don't have the exact number on on potential injuries. We're watching this very, very closely. Uh, We do know some facts of what had happened. The shooter apparently, who is, by the way, the only suspect, they believe they have him and that he is with uh, the police now as we speak, but they're checking for bombs and other shooters and they can't give the all clear until they go through their checklist. But we do know that a shotgun apparently was used in this particular case, and he shot through a big, a big uh, glass window into the newsroom. We don't know why. We don't know who, except that they have him in custody. The one person is in custody, believed to be the shooter. Um, the they do believe that this that everything is clear. But they're being obviously cautious. Other law enforcement have joined the efforts of local law enforcement. It looks like they're about to walk up to the microphone. Well, we do have former NYPD um, Commissioner uh, Bernie Kerrig on the line. I'm just watching as we speak here. And Jonathan Gillum with us, who we're going to get to in a second. Uh, Well, it looks like they're going to the microphone. Bernie, you you remember 9-11. You were there. You almost got killed that day.
2: It's uh, listen, we're it's early on in the investigation. Uh, a lot should come out of this. Uh, I'd like to know, uh, you know, what they have. Bernie,
0: hang on one second. The Lieutenant uh, Ryan Frazier has come to the microphone. We'll get right back to you.
2: Very
6: little protection. Let's listen. Authorities might be speaking right now. That's a good afternoon. My name is Lieutenant Ryan Frazier, F R A S H U R E work for the County Police Department, and Arundel County Police Department. Uh, we have uh, a brief update for you guys just to give some details. Uh, please bear with us. We can't answer a lot of questions. This is still a very active and ongoing, investig- ongoing investigation. Uh, we're still trying to make sure that everyone's safe, reunite people with their families. And then once the building is secure, we have a crime scene, obviously. So we anticipate this being a very long investigation. It'll be a very detailed investigation by our detectives. Uh, so I'd like to introduce first uh, our county executive, in Arundel County. County Executive Stephen R. Shu uh, to answer some questions, give you guys some updates, but again, we're going to limit questions at this time just for investigative purposes because uh, we still have a lot of work to do. Thank you, Mr. Shu. Thank you, Officer. I'm County Executive
10: Steve Shue of Anrundel County. We've had a terrible shooting incident here this afternoon. There are Several people uh, who have died from this incident and several others are injured. Those who are injured uh, have been transported for medical care to Anne Medical Center and to Johns Hopkins Shock Trauma. Those fatalities are uh, so so sad. And and, uh, I don't know what to say other than our thoughts and prayers are with them and their families, and we take comfort knowing that they are in God's embrace. The shooter is in custody and being interrogated at this time. I want to commend the public safety professionals who were very quick to the scene here within about 60 seconds. And we've had a tremendous response, not only from Anne Arundel County Police and Fire, Annapolis City Police and Fire, but also state police, Howard County, Prince George's, uh, several federal agencies, including FBI and ATF. I want to thank all of those agencies for their quick response and being our partners in this very unfortunate incident. I'd like to ask Governor Hogan to say a few words. Governor? Thank you, Steve. Um,
6: you know, I just want to say, first of all, um, our the thoughts and prayers are with the victims and their families, and um, I want to thank the uh, law enforcement professionals who responded. Our emergency response team was. Is, they did an incredible job. They're still doing the job right now. But the fact that they responded within 60 seconds, I want to. I want to give uh, serious praise to uh, Anne Arundel County and the City of Annapolis uh, for for their response. And we were here with the state agencies to back them up. We have federal agencies. Uh, it's a tragic uh, situation. We can't. We don't have all the information yet, and we can't give all the information yet because it's an active crime scene an investigation, but uh, we uh, we have had uh, several fatalities and several people there in the hospital, and uh, we'll just leave it to the professionals to continue their ongoing investigation. Lieutenant, I
10: know you said it's early, but can you talk us about
7: uh, the number of fatalities in any way? Is it more than two or other? Can you tell us
6: I'm going to take this opportunity to introduce our acting chief, uh, Bill Cramp. Uh, he'll answer some questions, but again, please, uh, it'll be very brief. You know, we want to make sure that the information we put out is accurate. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people involved here, so we want to make sure that information is accurate. And uh, we don't want to say anything that will ruin the investigation. So the suspect is still being interviewed by detectives. But again, uh, I'll introduce our acting chief, William
11: Cramp. Good afternoon. As you can see, this is a very fluid scene. You can see that we have over 10 plus allied agencies assisting with Animal County Police. The investigation has just started. So as Ryan has said, we're gonna be quite a while determining what occurred, why it occurred, and how it occurred. But as the governor mentioned, we were here quickly. We came into the building very quickly. We've received a call as an active shooter. We do have fatalities and we do have serious injuries. We also have many, many uh, witnesses that are being interviewed. And we have a um, an area over by Lord and Taylor that um, the witnesses can reunite with their families. We are asking them to contact their families so that they can come and um, assist them with getting home safely. As Ryan mentioned before, our criminal investigation division has one person in custody. That person is at our criminal investigation division down in Crownsville, and we will be um, speaking with that individual uh, quite frequently and well shortly, I should say, um, and get the the information. The building is uh, secure from a tactical standpoint. That means that um, right now we believe that there are no other shooters in the building, but it is not, it has not been cleared from an investigative standpoint. So uh, once the uh, QRT and the members of the SWAT team leave the building, the investigators will go in and then we will start the process of putting the investigation together. So, the
3: shooting to you known to police
6: or to the, the, the Capitol Gazette employees? Anything we can tell us about yeah, the shooting? Right, right now, we can't confirm exactly where the shooting occurred throughout that building. Uh, the Capitol Gazette building is inside that building, along with many other businesses and doctors' offices. Do you have, any, you have any numbers on casualties? Uh, not at this point. Not are at this time. So. Are you, are you you, did your officers interrupt the shooting? Where did you apprehend our, the suspect? Our officers were on the scene very, very quickly. Uh, I think it was around 60 seconds or, or a minute, minute and a half, um, and, and they did engage the suspect, and that's when he was taken into custody. So it occurred very quickly. Just one second. That was uh, again just for everybody. That was our acting chief, William Kramph, K-R-A-M-P-H, and I'd like to introduce uh, the mayor of Annapolis City, the city of Annapolis, uh, Mayor Gavin Buckley.
0: How Um, are you doing? Um, So uh, uh, the city uh, sends its uh, uh, love and thoughts for all the families that have been affected by this. Let me jump in from here. Um, uh, uh, As you just heard, they're really being very careful, rightly so, because this is an active crime scene at the moment. But they have confirmed several people have died. There's been several fatalities. And in fact, several other people have been injured, multiple injuries. John Hopkins uh, Emergency Trauma Center. Active and involved. It's one of the, the great hospitals we have in the country. Actually, the shock and um, and recovery part of the process for those who have been shot. Uh, we can add a few more details. This they gave us that the the police responded in sixty seconds. I mean that is a remarkable response time. I, it's almost they were right. It's almost like they were right there. Um, probably lives were saved as a result. As the story eventually becomes known and uh, there are other 10 other active law enforcement agencies and it's all hands on deck. Bernie Kerrig is with us, former NYPD commissioner. We all remember the heroism of Bernie Kerrig on 9-11. Uh, Bernie, I think they, they're doing everything right, saying everything right. This is what they have to do at this moment. And really they, they don't wanna go out too early with details in case they're wrong.
2: Yeah, I think a couple of things stand out to me, Sean. One, uh, they're not mentioning or talking about an act of terrorism. Uh, although you do have federal agencies that responded, you have the FBI and the ATF, from what I saw online. Um, two, that the building is cleared by EOD and SWAT. Uh, it's not cleared for a crime scene. If they got there within a minute to a minute and a half, that means the officers that engaged him were extremely close. They must have been on the block or somewhere around that building. Um, and I'm convinced if he was using a shotgun um probably a 12 gauge uh if, it, if that's all he was using and he's already and there's a number of fatalities and a number of injuries probably a 12 gauge they had to engage him and if they hadn't engaged him within a minute to a minute and a half there would be a lot more fatalities i would imagine a lot more injuries
0: yeah you know this always goes to the heart of why i believe that I ask people all the time, and I know people rush in to, to make this about gun control of some kind, and I always ask the question, if you're in any municipal building, and God forbid there's an active shooter, would you prefer to know that there were trained, armed, say, retired police or law enforcement or military on the scene? And, and almost everybody says, of course, Then the question is, why don't we do that in our schools when we see these school shootings? It's the same thing in a building like this.
2: Well, uh, you know what, Sean? The first thing I thought of uh, when I heard about this was, you know, whether or not this building was a hardened building. You know, I I think a lot of these news agencies, you know, I'm not going to get into security arrangements at Fox or, or NBC, but I can tell you. Um, this kind of stuff just about couldn 't happen there uh, and i and I think other agencies around the company should follow suit uh, around the country should follow suit because it 's a strange world we live in um, news agencies uh journalists are targets of terrorism. Um, these buildings should be hardened up, um, and there's ways to do it without over- overburdening security. Um, but I was I was kind of shocked that this guy just walked up to the outside windows of the building uh, and opened fire, hitting people in the newsroom.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that's the scary thing. I mean, and this can happen. Jonathan Gillum, also with us, uh, author of the book "Sheep No More," uh, and Jonathan Gillum, former Navy SEAL, and and you've had these situations. You've you've also been in, you know, you work for the FBI. You've done all this kind of work yourself. Um, you want to add to what Bernie saying?
9: Yeah, you know, we're, Sean, we're we're the best in the world. As I was saying uh, there earlier in the show, we're the best in the world at responding. Where we where we fall short a lot of the times especially in private companies, is that they uh, they fail to uh, do threat assessments and realize that this is a potential. I- I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that this is more likely, from an investigative standpoint, looks like a uh, an active shooter that was probably work-related or somebody that
0: wasn't happy with the story. Disgruntled employee like, or maybe somebody didn't Trump. like the way they report stories and there's a political right. agenda maybe, something like and, that. And those things are possible,
9: so we have to uh, we have to realize it doesn't matter if you work in an a IHOP, which we saw in Nashville a month or two ago. It doesn't matter if you work in a newspaper. These things are possible. You have to perform threat assessments and uh, so you can discover where your critical areas are and where those times are, are, are going to be critical for those areas. And then you come up with ways to harden those, whether it be armed guards or locking the doors, um, and then having a plan on if a shooter is here, we're going to go that way, and people need to start thinking that way in this day and age. And I'll tell you, when I was watching um, the Secretary of Transportation get into an argument with people, which we just saw the other day, Mitch McConnell's wife, um, I thought that her protection detail allowed that to become way too intimate. They yeah, should.
0: I agree with that
9: so bad and and yeah. look at
0: you know pam Bondi is a friend of all of ours i mean yeah. she she just was going to a, a mr rogers movie and her her guard said you know whoever was on duty with her said well, i'll park the car and she said okay let me now let me let me go in and get the tickets you know what seems like a simple act and it happened while the the individual was parking the car and i'm not blaming the guy because she told him to do it uh bernie yeah yeah
2: listen I think sometimes the uh, the principals uh, that have security details around them, they lose sight of what the detail's for. Um, you know, you're, they don't have days off. They want to go to the beach, the security should be there. They want to go to the movie theater, the security should be there. It only takes a matter of minutes that you could run into a problem, and if the guy or woman is not there with you, you're going to have a problem. And I want to say, with regard to the Mitch McConnell thing, if I was responsible for the detail that had her uh had him and her uh his wife um I'd have issues with that detail um the, she they were definitely put in harm's way. they shouldn't have been near those people those people should mm-hmm. not have been on her property. Uh, I, I was pretty disturbed by that.
0: I was very disturbed by it. I mean, that's such a good point. All right, well, if you guys can stay with us just a bit longer, we will get into the fiery hearings that took place earlier today, I promise, in our final hour. All right, now five dead. That's the only update. We have multiple uh, injuries in this newspaper shooting. If you're just joining us, uh, it's an ongoing active cr- uh, crime scene. Police are believe that they do have the one person responsible in custody, but they're doing their due diligence explosive hearings on the Capitol Hill today. That's next.
4: Mr. Rosenstein, why are you keeping information from Congress?
7: Congressman, I am not keeping any information from Congress that it's appropriate. In a few minutes,
4: it. Mr. Rosenstein, I think the House of Representatives is going to say something
7: different. I don't agree with you, Congressman. I don't believe that's what they're going to say. And if they do, they'll, but be, mistaken. Disagree, but think, they'll be mistaken. I disagree, but
4: I think in a few minutes, the House of Representatives is going to go on record saying you haven't complied with requests. From a separate and equal branch of government, that you haven't complied with subpoenas, and you got seven days to get your act together. I think that's what's going to happen in a few – and that's not not Jim Jordan. I think that's the – I think that's the majority of the House of Representatives. In just a few minutes, I think that's going to happen. And I want to know why you won't give us what we've asked
7: for. Sir, I certainly hope that your colleagues are not under that impression. That is not accurate, sir. And you it think?
4: is accurate. We have caught you hiding information, Mr. Chairman, information. can we Mr. allow Rosenstein? the witness to answer? Let me make this one point, then I'll let yes, you answer. Yes, Mr. Jordan, I'd like let to, me, to Let me make this one point
7: sir. where we've caught you hiding information, information then you can
4: answer. Why did you hide the fact that Peter Strzok and Judge Contreras were friends? Why did you redact that in the documents you gave to us? Peter, I mean, Judge Contreras is kind of important. FISA court judge, more importantly, just as importantly... The judge that uh, heard Mike Flynn's case. Why did you try to hide that from us?
7: Mr. Jordan, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to respond. I've heard you make those sort of allegations publicly on TV. It's,
4: I got, and, the, and I got it right here. Response,
7: sir, it's redact- I am the Deputy Attorney General of the United States. Okay? I'm not the person doing the redacting. I'm responsible for responding to your concerns as I have. I have a team with me, sir. It's just a fraction of the team that's doing this work. And whenever you brought issues to my attention, I have taken appropriate steps to remedy them. So your statement that I'm personally keeping information from you, trying to conceal information. You're from the your boss, people, Mr. Rosenstein. True. That's correct. And my job is to make sure that we respond to your concerns. We have, sir.
0: All right. That's from the hearings uh, earlier today. We are going to play a uh, look who is in the studio. Am I allowed to mention who you are? It's, it's cool. All right. Rush Limbaugh's the one, the only Bo Snerdly has entered the house Oh I man, never to look at my man Sean. Uh, how you doing? James James Golden had How many years have you been with uh, the King of Talk Radio? Oh how my many? Oh goodness. I How you, many? You know, everybody You know, we're coming on our 30th year, believe I, it. You know, I'm actually 30 years in radio. It's it's nuts. I started in 87. I swear to, that's when I started. That's amazing, Sean. You know, isn't it crazy? Now, here's the thing. I'm first of all, happy anniversary. Thank you. Imagine happy Here's a here's a great question. Imagine the United States of America today, no Rush Limbaugh. How bad that would be! Oh my goodness! Right?
12: Yes. Well, and imagine today also if you weren't doing what you were doing, Sean. And he, the, and he paved way, the way for all of us. And, we, yes, and, he and did, that may be true, but let me tell you something. No, 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 Sean, not maybe. It, it's true. True. it, it is true. true. It is true. It is one hundred percent true. But let me say something to you: the the crap that you have put up with <laughs> this year, the utter <laughs> crap, and, and I'm telling you, sir, it infuriates all I, of us. Who love you and who wow. know what a decent, wonderful human being you are? It absolutely infuriates us to the core what these people have tried to do to you. But you know what? You still stand anyway because you are a righteous, wonderful, wow, loving
0: human being, and we love I, you. I, I, I'm never speechless. You just, I literally have goosebumps. Well, I listen. listen for those that don't know, I have been friends. His real name, by the way, is James Golden, not Bo Snerdly, although everyone calls him Bo. And if you ever watch, there's two shows during the day during the Rush Limbaugh show. There's Rush, who's, you know, speaking to, you know, 20 million Americans. And then there's, there's James Golden, Bo Snerdly answering the phones and that in and of itself is another show. And I I actually think you should throw that on the ditto cam as well. Ditto two, ditto cam number two. Although you would, you're kind of like Linda, you know, the expletives keep flying out. and I don't know. It must be part of the job description. I've kind of mellowed now. Uh, I don't think so. Actually, I really, you know, you, your level of mellow is like uh, on steroids and human growth hormone for the average person. But listen, first of all, thank you. Thank you for your friendship. I've watched you guys go through all of this hell for years, and, and it actually is a source of strength because what I've learned is and what I understand more than anything is the people that we are blessed to talk to every day, they understand. They see it. They get it. They understand it, and they, they give us more support in my case than I ever deserve and I take it as a great blessing. But, you know, you guys forged a pretty wide, clear path for a lot of people to follow. And uh, so I'm, I'm more than appreciative. I love you. You know, you're my, uh, my brother. Love you, Sean. Uh, you, you're the best. And uh, we got to get you back on TV. I miss having you around here. Next time I'm in town. Yeah, I know. You never tell me beforehand you're coming to town. I just well, see you I'll in the hall. I'll tell
12: you the next time. Uh, you told you,
0: me that on. the last time and they didn't tell me. Okay. All right, James Golden, thank you, sir. Tell tell your boss we we love him and we say hi. Uh, all right, Sean Hannity show eight hundred nine four one Sean. That was from the hearing, Ron DeSantis and Jim Jordan. We're going to actually play a half hour of all of that coming up in the program. Uh, I decided I'm going to spend a full hour here, so let not your heart be troubled. Greg Jarrett, Fox News analyst, legal analyst, and I have the first printed real copy. I had had a galley earlier. Of his new book, which that means it's coming out in ju- in July, which is just you know a couple of weeks away now, and it's called "The Russia Hoax: The Illicit Scheme to Clear Hillary Clinton and Frame Donald Trump," which, by the way, the title captures everything that's gone on, and I've read this book cover to cover. There is so much that I realize I had forgotten, um, and it's going to be a big part of our discussion today. Sarah Carter is with us, by the way. Of course, Fox News investigative reporter, Sarah a. Carter.com. Uh, You guys have been phenomenal. I know we've been proven right. And we watched today the House resolution to force Rod Rosenstein's hand in terms of turning over Russiagate documents. He has big fights out there today. Sarah, we'll start with your report. Um, I thought this was an explosive day. That's why we're going to play a half hour of it at the end of the show.
13: It was explosive. It was incredible to see what what we have known has been going on all along behind the scenes actually play out before the public, you know, to see Rod Rosenstein um, have to answer the questions that behind the scenes, uh, Jim Jordan, Trey Gowdy, and others have been fighting tooth and nail for, Chairman Nunes as well. Uh, These documents are so important to them. And I can tell you this, Sean, you know, although Rod Rosenstein denied and denied and denied that that he was um, trying to hide anything from Congress. I know from sources that I've spoken to, both at the DOJ and the lawmakers, along with the investigators, that that's just not the case, that he has done everything in his power to stymie and stonewall the Congressional Oversight Committees from – finding the information, and, and he knows this. So when I see him there flat out basically lying or defending himself, it, it's just incredible for me to believe. And I thought, you know, DeSantis brought up some really great points, and so did Gowdy as well as Jordan. But, you know, asking him, why haven't you recused yourself? I mean, after all, you were the guy that wrote the letter asking for Director Comey to be fired and now you're in charge, you know, I mean, now that uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions basically recused himself from everything, now you're the guy in charge of overseeing the special counsel investigation into the Trump administration, yet you were the guy who wrote the letter to tell Trump to fire Comey in the first place.
0: You know, that's the whole thing, and that goes right to the heart of it all, Greg. And how many times have we all said, why is, why is the Attorney General Jeff Sessions recused and Rod Rosenstein not? And by the way, we saw that temper today. That infamous temper, that arrogance emerged many times today.
14: Yes. Rosenstein today has tried to weasel out of just about every important question. He has four pat answers. When it comes to obstructing Congress and hiding evidence, he says, and you played the clip there. Oh, some that's somebody else's job to go through those documents. I'm the DAG, Deputy Attorney General. His second answer is always I can't talk about it because of the Mueller probe. His third answer is I can't talk about it because the Inspector General is continuing his investigation, and his fourth answer is always when he's when he's boxed into a corner is I can't answer that because it's classified information. So, You know, to say that he is the quintessential weasel in
0: answering questions is an understatement. Look, we can go through all of this step by step, but the bottom line is they haven't turned over the documents. And at one point, I love when Jim Jordan reminded him, well, you're the boss. And and then he goes on this long explanation, well, I'm not the one that's making the decision. And, And then at other times he's admitting that he's in charge of making these decisions But the bottom line is it still is not being handed over. And in some cases, these documents have been requested a year ago. And all of my sources are telling me, Sarah Carter, that in fact, he himself is mentioned in some of the documents that are not handed over. And his excuse on signing the fourth FISA warrant. Now, we've been told by Nunes and the Grassley-Graham memo that the bulk of information for that original FISA warrant had to do with the Clinton-Bought-and-Paid-For dossier. He went out there and suggested, well, my recollection is uh, it's not as reported.
13: So <laughs> That's right. And remember, Sean, that... The FISA that he signed off on, when he signed off on that fourth warrant, he would have had all the information that would have been cumulative from the first, second, and third warrant, right, and everything thereafter. So he would have had all of that information. And I'm sure, and I'm absolutely certain, based on the fact that he himself calls himself the DAG, and he seems very uh, enamored with his own position in the Department of Justice, that he would have read through all of those documents and learned exactly what he was signing. So that is very true. Another really important point that you brought up just shortly is that he, you know, he's showing his, his demeanor and his personality and why he is fighting tooth and nail. It's, it's like he's working against the government. When you think that he would want to get to the truth of the matter, he would want to get to the heart of the matter. This is his position, you know, to be balanced, the scales of justice. Let's get that information out there. He has to understand that Congress is reviewing everything. Everything because they have oversight authority. Yet he continues to uh, put up roadblocks and embellish and lie. And remember, a lot of the things that have been redacted have been very pertinent. I mean, the most important things that Congress has had to fight tooth and nail for. Like, we will stop him and, and threaten redacted. people.
0: And you saw his Sean. You played, the way, that
13: clip exchange,
0: okay. that exchange of the threat, and and Jordan went in hard. And, and actually, this now is somewhat applicable to me, right. as I have gotten word that Rod Rosenstein apparently is not a fan of mine. Sure. It was, it was, should I accept that what he said to Nunes and others and, and Jim Jordan stuck up for these staffers that, by the way, they all said the same we thing? We broke it
14: on your on the, program on a correct. Friday night. That's I had correct. talked to two individuals who were in on the meeting, and Rosenstein— Lost it in the meeting with anger, and you saw the anger today. I, so I talked to it.
0: one of those people, and Sarah, have you, how many did you speak to?
13: A number of people who have been in those meetings with him, and he is a completely out of control. He gets cornered, he starts to scream, he becomes angry, and um, threatens. He refuses people. to cooperate. Yeah, threatens people. Um, he did the well, same. Wait minute, but he, here is the thing: Brassley.
0: he was under oath today. If those people testify that in fact he did threaten them and that he lied today. Is that a problem? He'll for him? prevaricate on the word "threaten." Now, the two individuals
14: I talked to were in the meeting used the word "threats" in describing what Rosenstein did. That he
0: would subpoena their emails and, and his, texts and he and thought and he was funny and yeah. cute by saying, "Well, you can't subpoena emails." So
14: he will prevaricate on the word "threaten" and say oh, it wasn't a threat. Uh, Pick pick your adjective. Uh, But that's how they viewed it as an overt threat that if you don't drop this uh, request for documents, uh, Rod Rosenstein is going to subpoena your texts and your emails and your telephone records.
0: That is an unconscionable abuse of power. All right. Listen, stay right there. We're going to keep them for the full hour. Sarah Carter and Greg Jarrett. We got a lot of ground to cover here. And right, as we continue, Sarah Carter and uh, Greg Jarrett are, are with us. Let's go back to the threat issue, if we can, Sarah, because I ha- Greg spoke to two people that were there. I spoke to one person, heard from another person, that well, one was hearsay, but one directly there. And apparently this is an infamous temper. And by the way, now apparently my name uh, didn't come out of Rod Rosenstein's mouth in the most pleasant way. What do I have? Well, you're
13: certainly not. You're certainly not. Uh, he's not one of your fans, Sean, that's for sure. He's, he's upset about the fact that a lot of this is being exposed, and it's being exposed on well, your well, show. Well, and- what are
0: they going to do, Sarah? Are they going to shut me up? Are they going to shut you up? Are they going to shut up Greg Jarrett? Is that what their plan is? Are they going to subpoena our emails and try well, and go after us? Because it sounds a little scary what he said to those staffers.
13: It is. It is. And uh, it is concerning. And I would, you know, I would have told you years, if this would have come up years ago, I would have said no. But look at what happened even during the Obama administration. They were subpoenaing all kinds of information from reporters. And uh, James Rosen at Fox News, I mean, they were not only listening to his phone calls, this was the DOJ, but they were listening to his parents' phone calls, you know. Um, so this is this is not unheard of. Uh, it, it depends on what they think they're going to get from it, are you talking to anyone that they're interested in can they make that an excuse to go after your information uh so it is concerning i think that but sarah haven't you been
0: told that you've been unmasked let's be on let's now have an honest discussion here
13: yes i mean absolutely and haven't you heard that
0: i have been unmasked
13: Yes, I have been told that as well. And it could be that we have talked to foreign um, actors that they may be interested in, whether that be Julian Assange or sources of mine in okay, Pakistan or Okay, I think that's fair. Overseas.
0: That's fair, but I, again, I'm doing my job as a but talk remember, show host. Fair, the-
13: but remember, fair could be it could be fair in one sense, and it could be totally unfair in another that's sense. That's correct. It depends. Depends, depends on who's on doing how they're it. they're accessing the information. Exactly.
0: And did they minimize, and are they ever going to leak law, uh, raw intelligence like they did in Michael Flynn's case? We'll take a break. Hang on. We'll come back. On the other side, we still have a half hour to go uh, as we continue with Sarah Carter. Don't forget, Hannity.com, Amazon.com, Greg's new book now. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right. 25 till the top of the hour. Explosive fireworks at the hearing earlier today. Rod Rosenstein uh, going before Ron DeSantis and Jim Jordan and uh, Chairman Goodlatte and Trey Gowdy, the other chairman, and uh, a lot of fireworks today. Let's go back. This is—let uh, me play a couple of cuts. One is—the first one is going to be Ron DeSantis asking why he hasn't recused himself, meaning Rod Rosenstein, from the Mueller probe, and why is obstruction of justice still being looked into, which is a great question. And also Rod Rosenstein telling Congressman Matt Gates of Florida— Well, he's not going to talk about FISA applications. He signed the fourth one. And no FBI agent briefed him on information that led to the FISA renewal. Well, don't you have to know and verify and corroborate everything in that? I mean, listen to this.
12: You know, they talk about the Mueller investigation. It's really the Rosenstein investigation. You appointed Mueller. You're supervising Mueller. Um, and it's supposedly about collusion between Trump's campaign in Russia and obstruction of justice. But you wrote the memo saying that Comey should be fired. And you signed the FISA extension for Carter Page. So my question is to you, seems like you should be recused from this more so than Jeff Sessions just because you were involved in making decisions affecting both prongs of this investigation. Why
7: haven't you done that? Congressman, I, I can assure you that uh, if it were appropriate for me to recuse, I'd be more than happy uh, to do so and let somebody else handle this. But it's my responsibility to do it. And uh, all I can well, tell how you, does sir- it Then
12: how do you have obstruction of justice possibility for a president exercising his powers to fire an FBI director that you said should be fired? And oh, by the way, the IG report makes it clear, Jim Comey should have been fired. So why are we still doing this with the Mueller probe?
6: The FISA renewal that you signed, list for me the people who briefed you on the substance of that, of that FISA renewal to go and
7: spy on people. The process, sir, is that these FISA applications and renewals first come up through the FBI
0: chain of command. They are sworn under oath by a career federal agent. All right, as we continue, uh, th- this is a powerful hearing today. We're going to show a lot of it on Hannity tonight. Sarah Carter, investigative reporter with the Fox News Channel. Of course, she's been in the forefront of break- breaking many of these stories. Uh, Greg Jarrett, Fox News legal analyst, uh, his book is now just a couple of weeks now away from being uh, sent out to bookstores everywhere. You can get an early copy on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. There's a link on Hannity.com, and it's called The Russia Hoax, The Illicit Scheme to Clear Hillary Clinton and Frame Donald Trump. All right, let's go to—these th- are important questions. DeSantis, why didn't he recuse himself? Right. Why is he not going to talk about FISA applications when he signed the last one? When we we're told that the bulk of information came from the phony dossier and telling Jim Jordan he didn't he didn't threaten people when we all have talked to people that say he did. He won't answer
14: any questions about the FISA warrant because uh, the answer the only answers he can give is yes, we did deceive uh, the FISA judges, and we concealed material facts that Hillary Clinton was paying for the phony dossier to spy on the Trump campaign. So so he won't answer that question, and he uses the typical vacuous excuse uh, that this is still under investigation by the inspector general. But in my book, I go through the law and the code of professional responsibility that demands Rosenstein uh, recuse himself, Uh, and the fact is he is now prosecutor, investigator, judge, and jury all rolled into one, and that is absolutely prohibited, and it is a mandatory
0: disqualification, and yet he refuses to do it. Well then that raises the issue of the legitimacy and and this is being argued by these 13 quote Russia bot companies that Robert Mueller never thought would ever show up in court. He thought he was going to get to throw out Russia, Russia, Russia to create the image that Russians, you know, had done all these nefarious things. Well, it turns out those companies are now being represented by a powerful and effective attorney. They just had an 80 page submission to the court saying that the entire investigation is illegitimate. And he took a different tack than the Manafort lawyers did. And what I find fascinating about this is it raises the entire legitimacy. When you have Peter Strzok at the heart of the Clinton literally Aiding Hillary Clinton and abetting Hillary Clinton and putting the fix in in her investigation. The same people are so anti-Trump right then thereafter begin going after Donald Trump. And we believe it probably started even earlier than that. And that raises the question of the whole legitimacy of the investigation from the get-go, because I think an argument can be made, and I'm asking you legally here, can you say it was tainted from the beginning? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, w- is that an
14: effective argument in court? Oh, it, it it certainly is. Isn't it curious that one guy and one guy alone, Peter Strzok, is the lead investigator in the Hillary Clinton email case, and he's the one— who sat down at his computer and changed the language to exonerate her. Uh, And isn't it interesting that then, on the very same day that Hillary Clinton is cleared, the FBI is meeting with Christopher Steele, the British spy who fabricated... The dossier. And isn't it interesting that once the Trump-Russia collusion case morphs into the Robert Mueller special counsel case, yet again, the lead investigator is Peter Strzok.
0: You know, Sarah, I can't say it any better than that. I I think the argument is extraordinarily powerful, that if it is tainted from the outset, that the whole thing needs to be thrown out.
13: It's fruit of the poisonous tree, right? Uh, and that's that's what we're seeing here. I thought uh, Gowdy said it great today, and I found his quote right here. But he said, we've seen the bias. We need to see the evidence. If you have evidence of wrongdoing by any member of the Trump campaign, present it to the damn grand jury. If you have evidence that this president acted inappropriately, present it to the American people. There's an old saying that justice delayed is justice denied. I think right now all of us are being... denied whatever you got finish it the hell up because this country is being torn apart but this is Washington
14: this is this is the pinnacle of cover-ups this is what they do in Washington (laughs) You, you know other than President Trump uh, not much gets done in Washington, and Congress is the perfect example. And when there's corruption, which is rampant in Washington, D.C., with the deep state, the cover-up, just like you know, Watergate and Nixon, the cover-up is what takes over. And, and the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and, and top officials at the FBI continue the cover-up, and the feckless Jeff Sessions is clueless. He could put a stop to it.
13: But Greg and Sean, I think this is so great, because for the first time in a long time, people are being held accountable. They are being exposed to the American people. And had President Trump not won this election, we would have never known that all of this was going on. This is exposed because the American people voted for President Trump, and yet, because he won uh, the election.
0: Let me ask another thing, and I think this is really, really important. And uh, uh, it's actually what spurred my thought here is a uh, national national review online piece and so you got the deputy attorney general rod rosenstein saying that the lead investigator peter Strzok's plot to rig the 2016 election to defeat then candidate donald trump was quote inappropriate okay (laughs) that that's more than inappropriate that would be illegal these are crimes and it's the biggest abuse of power scandal in our lifetime now i want to ask this how many times have we heard democrats say that Russia's uh, attempt or alleged attempt to rig the 2016 election, which, by the way, I believe they, they tried, but sure. they, they tried to create chaos and they supported both sides simultaneously, um, was far worse. What they did, which struck in what McCabe and what Comey and Page and all these people did in McCabe, all these people trying to rig an election and they were effective at it. They literally exonerated a guilty party who should have been charged with felonies. Right. And then they tried to frame – I'll use your words from your book, Greg Jarrett – they tried to frame the other candidate and bypass the will of the American people, and they've been on this witch hunt ever since. Sure. This is to undo the
14: election, to undermine democracy. Uh, And and James Comey, if you go – start at page 190 of the Inspector General's report – and he admits he wrote two months before he cleared Hillary Clinton uh, a statement which said she he had found she is she was grossly negligent a hundred and ten times, representing a hundred and ten classified documents. A month, and so he's asked about that, and he said, "Well, yes, I wrote the statement, but I don't remember writing those words that she was grossly negligent." How, how can you not remember that moment that you memorialized in writing your finding that the presidential candidate, the then odds-on favorite to be the next president, had committed rampant felonies, but Comey can't remember it. And so a month later, there's a whole discussion for a month between McCabe and Comey and Rabicki and Baker and Struck and Page, and they're all in on it. And they're, they say, well, you know, we, we need to change the language here if we're going to exonerate Hillary Clinton. So they, a month after Comey writes his statement, they sit down at Strzok's computer, and the electronic data is there, and it's in on page 193 of the Inspector General's report. And, you know, with Lisa Page leaning over his shoulder, he makes the critical change that allows Hillary Clinton to get off scot-free and continue to run for the White House. I mean, I, this
0: is unbelievable. just
14: unbelievable to me. All
0: right, take a break. We'll come back more with uh, Sarah Carter, more with Greg Jarrett, mm-hmm. 800 941 our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program? All right, as we continue, Sarah Carter and Greg Jarrett are back with us. Greg's book, by the way, The Russia Hoax, The Illicit Scheme to Clear Hillary Clinton and Frame Donald Trump, Now, just weeks away from being released. You can get an early copy on Hannity.com, Amazon.com, and BarnesandNoble.com. You know, um, Bob Goodlatte, I thought, had a very interesting opening statement. I'll throw this to you, Sarah. That he, he talked about the church committees. I actually wrote about this in a, my first booklet freedom ring the church committee established on a bipartisan basis it was senator frank church 1975 reviewing the cia fbi nsa surveillance abuses including improper surveillance of martin luther king jr and other prominent individuals and the committee conducted a review of what was insidious monitoring of political activities of citizens that were just exercising their first amendment rights and the church committees and you know, findings resulted in the passage three years later, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, FISA, and which is an attempt to balance the need for secrecy and do surveillance and all the things. But these, there are very specific obligations when you have a FISA application. One is it's got to be verified. It's got to be corroborated. Uh, you must, it's pertinent that you tell a FISA judge if a political opponent Paid for the information. You can't just say an asterisk, oh, it might have a little political taint to it, which is what they did. Mm. And FBI protocols similarly demand that level of of scrutiny before you go ahead and get a warrant to violate somebody's Fourth Amendment rights. And That's it right. happened and it four times. Be-
13: that's right, and it has to be renewed. You know, every 90 days they have to renew the FISA application. And in order to renew the FISA application, not only do you have to have the information that was previously proven true to the FISA courts or that you presented to the FISA courts, but you have to have further evidence to prove to the FISA courts that you need to continue monitoring this person. So it's a very stringent requirement. And, you know, Frank Church and those hearings were incredible during that time because they exposed what was going on in our country and the fact that our intelligence communities, and as well as the FBI, it was, it was also the NSA, CIA, FBI, that they had this enormous amount of power and this ability to spy on people political opponents people civil rights leaders i mean it shook our country to the core you remember when now. james
14: you remember when james clapper testified he lied under oath he testified i don't know anything about the intelligence community mining metadata monitoring <laughs> electronic communications as well as telephone records uh, of American citizens. And the, the senator in the Select uh, Intelligence Committee who posed that question already had the information that that's what the intelligence community was doing. And Clapper's head of, he was DNI, he was head of the intelligence community. Uh-huh. And he knew that Clapper was lying. So, Sean, when Rosenstein goes after you, uh, as apparently he has done in private, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know, you're probably like me. I assume that the intelligence community is gaining access to my emails my texts maybe listening in be because of the hey, things hey, i've
0: said Greg, in criticism that if that's true we don't have a country if that's right. true there's no constitution uh anyway the book it's now uh out for early release in july get your early copy amazon.com hannity.com barnesandnoble.com soon bookstores everywhere Greg Jarrett's the Russia hoax, the illicit scheme to clear Hillary Clinton, frame Donald Trump, investigative reporter Sarah Carter. We'll have the latest on the shooting in Annapolis at this newspaper. Um, The newspaper is called the Capital Gazette. Uh, We'll have full coverage of that. We'll have full coverage of the explosive hearings today. Uh, As predicted, the Democrats meltdown on the president now having a second choice at the Supreme Court. All coming up, best coverage, 9 Eastern tonight on the Fox News Channel. Uh, thanks for being with us and we will see you back here tomorrow see you tonight at 9
1: more than a movie is back with season 2 I'm your host Alex Fumero and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from the godfather Andy Garcia
2: he has the smarts